Welcome to Take a Walk, a podcast that happens outside, with your host, Vanessa Gritton. Never got a good intro? I've never gotten a good intro, ever. It's always been in the middle of some stupid sentence, or I'm like too wired and stimulated like a fucking child, so Mm -hmm. I just come in yelling... (laughs) <laughs> and everything's weird. I've never, I've never done a good intro. Or it just starts streaming in the middle of me explaining that I've never done a good intro. Hey, you're listening to Take a Walk Podcast. Still not fucking good at these. I'm t- uh, this is the first one we've ever live streamed, actually. Ooh. We've never done this format before. So you're, you're my guinea pig. Oh, dude. I'm your, th- I'm your third guinea pig. You're my third guinea pig. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I pitched getting another one last night at Kevin and... We can't have that many giant sacked creatures running around in the house. Yeah, that's a lot of pigs. A lot of pigs, a, a lot of disproportionate <laughs> bald animal. It's terrifying. Yeah, I, I know. I've been over there. Have you seen? No, but you haven't seen what it looks like when there's not a bunch of hair on it. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's For the summer. Th- they summer like cuts. drag that shit. Yeah. I introed about balls. Hey, this is Take a Walk. <laughs> this is Vanessa Gritton and John Fahey. Say hi, John. Hello. Already people love your No Trend shirt. Oh, it's a good shirt. Thank you. And we stole uh, Adam and Adam and Chet's Admiral hats uh, on this take a walk. I've actually hadn't have heard. I just <laughs> bit the fuck out of my tongue and botched that sentence. <laughs> I hadn't heard about your location before. And yeah, I've that's heard about I can't believe in, in all the idiotic conversations you and I have had over so the years. many idiotic conversations. So much dumb stuff. I can't believe this has never come up. I I actually had I Googled it and it. It's a castle? Yeah, uh, it's like an outdoor, it's an open air arrangement of, of coral castles, but there's a very brief, uh, or, or of, of, of coral carvings and er- mm. erections, uh, but there is a part of it that is actually enclosed that the guy who built it lived in. Uh, like one little mm. corner room is like the tool shed, and above that the walls continue upward and then he slept in a, in this barbaric room. I mean, this room oh my God. looks like uh, inhuman. Um, Did he have access to running water, electricity, or any of those things that people? Yeah, there was desire? a there was a well, and um, I mean, so this is this is like early 1900s. This guy comes from uh, Lithuania, mm-hmm. and he got like a he got left at the altar by a woman. And he made his way to America, and he at first started building the castle in a part of Miami, but it l- later ended up relocating it to Homestead, where mm. it, you know, it is now. Uh, but he built this castle to create like worldwide acclaim and notoriety for mm-hmm. himself, so that this to win this woman back. Oh shit! So this was like a bird building a nest mm-hmm. to impress a woman. Yes. So there's things in the castle that are like. These uh, coral, so coral, you know, is is um, excavated by him, and you know, coral is porous and everything, and he's able to cut it and move these tons and tons and tons of pound stones, and nobody knows how he did it, and he did it usually under the cover of darkness, and um, he uh, built all these walls around this area. Uh, I went there first on a date. How old were you? Twenty three. Oh, okay. And. Uh, 
this uh, I took this girl there and it was like a three hour drive away so it was like kind of like a little adventure because yeah like, it was I, that mini road trip that you go on when you're trying to like get to know someone a little bit right so I read about this thing and I was like well this sounds neat and then when I got there I realized like oh no this is a fucking wonder of the world like mm. they kind of pass it off as like a kitschy Florida tourist trap this shit is fucking bananas okay mm. First of all, nobody knows how he moved any of this stuff. He was a hundred pound, five foot tall man, a tiny little skinny man. And like when he was moving the stones, one of the guys was like, okay, well, you know, he drives him on a truck and he's like, you know, I'm going to have lunch and then when I come back, I'll help you unload them. When he comes back, all of the tons of stone is unloaded. And like this guy never revealed his secrets. He Mm -hmm. said, I learned the secrets of the pyramids and if I can learn them, you can too. Okay. So to his death, there is no... Thing. And some people think it might have been stuff about magnetic fields under the earth in certain areas. Like his American Stonehenge. Yeah, make leveraging uh, you know weight easier mm. because of magnetic fields under the ground and stuff like that. Um, but you go to this place, and uh, he sometimes would just like rub cement in the coral, and uh, he would just draw a sign in his finger that would say like "Tours ten cents." Mm. So you would meet this guy like in the forties, and he would take your ten cents, and then he would show you around, and I mean. <laughs> Part of it is amazing. Part of it is diabolically creepy. Because there's all this stuff built in tribute to this woman that left him and the family he never had with her. So there's like uh, there's like beds. like carved. kids that they never got to have. Yeah, yeah. There's beds carved out of stone, um, you know, uh, coral. There's, there's uh, like a, a, little, a little punishment chamber if any of them are bad. Like a little. Oh, you know, that punishment chamber that we all had growing up. Right. And there's a big, um, there's a big, uh, kind of, uh, focal point of it is, uh, planetary. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a telescope set up. So there's a tower of coral that, uh, is like a Polaris telescope. And Mm -hmm. then it, it lines up with the telescope that you can reach down on the ground, you know? Um, and you can, it's, it's like you can see like the cycles of the moon in this thing. And, um, this guy, uh, he, you know, he's in Homestead, which is redneck as fuck outside yeah. Miami. In the 1930s, 40s, p- doing this kind of thing, everybody thought this guy was an alien. Everybody was like, this guy has to go. That's for sure the kind of person that people tell stories to their kids growing up. It's like, avoid that guy's crazy house. That's old man. Yeah. Ba-da-da-da. And they really thought he was supernatural. So I think that's kind of what kept them from killing him because I'm sure that was up for a reasonable discussion at the time. Like yeah. maybe we should just kill this guy. But the thing is, is like he also seemingly did have some supernatural abilities because people would say like, we would try to spy on him at, on him at night mm-hmm. and the castle is all outdoor, but you know, it's surrounded by these coral walls that he's erected. And they would like climb up it and he'd be in the middle of working and like without even turning around and seeing you, he would just sit down and start reading. And then he would take up his work again when you went away. So nobody He's would like an NPC in a video game where it's like you have to creep up on him or else yeah. Like... Yeah. And so, but he would, you know, he was more than happy to take you around this thing, tour you uh, like around this shit. Mm-hmm. So there's a well, um, there's the teleco- mm-hmm. telescope stuff. There's uh, these weird fucking tributes to um, the family he never had. But one of the most interesting things is there's medical records of this guy. His name is Ed Leedniskillen, okay? And um, he was diagnosed with leukemia, right? And one of the most incredible things about Coral Castle is coral is porous, right? It's yeah. full of holes. So it can be weighted in any kind of crazy way. This guy could fucking balance these stones. He drilled a hole through a two-ton stone mm-hmm. and perfectly put a pole through it on an axis 
and it would balance so perfectly that a child could just push it open effortlessly with their hand. Two ton stone. It got fucked up during Hurricane Andrew, mm-hmm. and like 20 men and a crane could not fix this thing to the way he had it. So the, the gate is permanently fucked. What was his vocation before he built? Like, did he have experience in, in construction? I don't or know. I don't know because it was all in Lithuania. So, like so his all, past was mysterious. So that was yes. definitely the town weirdo. Oh, yeah. I mean, being a foreigner, first of all, in Homestead, yeah. you're fucked. But then you start Even up Even now. Right. You start up with this shit. And so getting back to the, 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 the leukemia thing, he had this other thing where it was a sundial, right? And again, perfectly balanced so that if you were laying on this, this like a, uh, a piece of coral as big as this uh, table right here, mm-hmm. right? And it's perfectly balanced in the middle so that it spins, Right. And you could just lay on it and with your hands, you know, push the ground and he would do this. He would lay on it, push it, his hand on the ground, swivel as the sun changed throughout the day. And he said this cured him of leukemia. And at the time of his death, no leukemia in his system. Leukemia is completely gone. Are there medical records that he had leukemia yes. at any point? Holy yes. shit. Yes. So you're at this castle. You're on a date when you're 23 years old. You, right. know, you know the history of this Man who built a monument of yeah, just a, a monument of heartbreak. What was your date's reaction to it? Oh, she was way into it. She was way into it. And the thing is, is that it goes it goes so deep. But in typical Florida fashion, it is passed off as a kitschy tourist trap. Like you go in there, and there's yeah. pictures of like Billy Idol being there, and you're like, dude, uh, Billy Idol is it's lucky. The least interesting. Part yeah, of this. like I mean, this thing is a wonder of the world. This is incredible. Um. And, like, our tour guide was some guy, like, in fucking British Nights with a big gulp. And he's like, yeah, some fucking mathematician came here and he was babbling on, talking about all this crazy shit that was impressive about it. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. I was like, oh, good. You're my tour guide. Great. Great. You know, some schmuck with a big gulp. You know? And I'm like, you know, this thing should be taken so, so seriously. I've noticed every state has their own kind of homemade monument made mm-hmm. by a man. And it's usually built towards a woman or in some case God. In like California, there's so many different examples of like these at-home towers and artwork uh, created like in the name of God. There's one like that in El Paso when I lived in El Paso. Um, also, quick interruption, even though we're recording the podcast just for people that just tuned in because uh, somebody was asking us what the topic was. John's talking about the Coral Castle in Florida, which is a castle a man built uh, after he got fucking cucked at the altar. Right. Uh, Inexplicably, nobody knows how this thing was, was, was created. Like, I mean, nobody knows how he was able to move all of this stuff. Yeah. It's basically a man who created modern-day Stonehenge. Yes, and so there is a corner of it that is the enclosed tool shed, right? And nothing in this tool shed is advanced whatsoever. It's the mm-hmm. 30s, whatever, so there's like a fucking scythe in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. these are like brutally crude weapons, but one of the things is he has like a pail... Mm-hmm. With like a crank in it, and all around the pail are magnets. So he did have like a primitive kind of generator that he made electricity with, which nobody knows how much that was involved in, you know, moving the stones or whatever he was doing with this yeah. fucking thing. And so above, like I said, above this tool shed continues this room, which is the only actually completely enclosed part of the castle where Ed slept on a plank of wood. Hanging from two ropes from the ceiling <laughs> like a fucking lunatic. Oh, my God. Dude, this thing looks like, I mean, something like you would send somebody as a punishment. Like, this yeah. guy was living rough, you know, on a plank of wood descended from ropes from the ceiling. Like, 
It is bare bones, man. And he left some like cute little note when he went to the hospital and died. Just like went to the hospital, be back, Ed. BRB gone <laughs> yeah, fishing. Yeah, the yeah. One, I saw something similar in El Paso where it was just this regular neighborhood that I drove by, and then I had to pull over because I saw what looked like this swirling, colorful tower coming out of just some guy's yard. And as I got closer, every single square inch of that fucking house was covered in clay and it had scripture drawn into it and the most like oh, wow. intricate, gorgeous detailing on it. And this man just kept building and building. And I was with my mom and we were just kind of walking around and thinking about like all of the effort that went into it because it was decades worth. Yeah. And he ends up coming out and he gives us a, a tour of the house and he basically starts telling us about how he almost died and he said he wanted to like spend every single day as a moment in prayer. Mm-hmm. So he made his house like a testament to his religion. Yeah. And I've noticed people have a fascination whenever it's like a single man doing a laborious task mm-hmm. for almost no tangible reason. Yeah. And why do you think we have that fascination with guys like these? Because... I mean, um, I think I come at it from like the uh, with this thing. The most, the thing that gets me at the gut is the scientific, like unexplained nerdiness yeah. of it. Like, I mean, my favorite show growing up was Unsolved Mysteries. I love Unsolved Mysteries, and it was just like, I mean, just how and why, and then like adding in the jilted lover thing is yeah. just like an added bonus of of what uh, an eccentric fucking weirdo. It adds like a grim fairy tale aspect to it. Yeah, and it also shows that like this like advanced mind was still very susceptible to like very normal human hang-ups. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz I do think he was on some level a genius, like without a doubt. Oh, absolutely. The amount of engineering that went into this castle. Yeah. How many times did you go back? I only went back once. I we went to the Florida Keys and on the way back we stopped and it uh it had gotten noticeably um, nicer, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, it's still underplayed. Uh, it's, I mean, I, I'm still like, no, we should all be talking about this, like, all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hate that, like, it doesn't get enough recognition because... Stuff like that gets dismissed all the, dismissed all the time in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's so many things, like, as much shit as Florida gets, um, like, uh, another, th- one of the, my favorite places I ever walked in the world was outside Daytona at Casa Dega, the mm-hmm. fucking town of psychics. You know about this place? Oh, yeah. We talked about it on an episode. Yeah. like We had th- an episode about Florida and we talked about the town of psychics. That fucking place is like, I mean, it's b- beautiful in like a kind of savannah-y, overhung, gorgeous, greenery way. Yeah. And, Everything's kind of romantic. And every house muggy. is like, it would say, the, your name on the house, so it would say Vanessa Gritton, past lives. And then it would say Adam Todd Brown, palm reading. Like everybody in the fucking town, every house is a business because everybody's a psychic. So because of the episode that I did where I talked about everybody in town being a psychic, I actually just got an email today from someone that heard that episode. Mm -hmm. They let me know that they're a psychic comedian. Oh, wow. And they want to do a radio show with me where they give me a comedic reading, but like a legit reading. Right. Uh, and I'm still debating on saying yes or no. Oh, yeah. Say yes. I mean, he, I'll show you his website. He definitely has like the the eyes of someone where it's just like you get an hour and that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've never actually had a reading before. Yeah. Have you had a reading? I did in Casa Dega. I had a, I had a <laughs> read. A re- like, like they have like some weird Unitarian church thing where they all go and then afterward it's like kind of like it's like open mic night for fucking psychics <laughs> and they have, they have a bunch of people reading let me guess your grandfather died when you were nine pretty much Ten. pretty Shit, much I got it, the it's definitely not the best of the town 
but uh yeah like they're they're trying you know <laughs> um uh so yeah that town in florida is crazy i mean uh there's great cult towns in florida mm-hmm. um i went through one where there's a guy who's predicting the end of the world so every everybody was spending their money like crazy like everybody was maxing out their credit cards <laughs> because like doomsday was imminent so like it was a whole town of everybody spending like a psychopath and it was the funniest thing in the world. Oh, my God. So, like, the gas station would have all kinds of deluxe fancy shit because people didn't give a fuck about anything. And, like, I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't follow up on it to see what happened when this guy was like, oh, no, fuck, sorry, never mind. Next one, miscalculation. Yeah, like, anybody, that works, in, anybody that works at McDonald's is, like, a fur coat and shit. At <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Gibsonton, where all the circus freaks retired. That I haven't heard of. That is outside Tampa, and so it's like people, you know, like when it wasn't hip to see freaks anymore, the crew was a pretty tight bunch of people, and they basically settled, and if you go to Gibsonton and you go to like the trailer parks and like the dingiest bars, mm. uh, you'll see, you know, the 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 kind of, uh, the freaky people, and that was where they, they killed that lobster boy or whatever, the guy who was, oh, remember that right. fa- fucking case where he was beating his wife? So basically, everybody knew that this guy was beating his wife and his little lobster kids, and they were like, with his little claw, yeah, and so they were like, this guy's gotta go, so all the freaks fucking were like, let's just take care of this, and then they like, nobody snitched, like, for years. They like, like Richard Ramirez murked him, where the community came together to take out a nuisance. Yeah, everybody knew who it was, and nobody said anything for like the longest time. Uh, have you ever been to like an actual sideshow or freak show? No. Because they have the one where it's like a museum to it in Venice Beach. I went to one. It was a warp tour. Uh, I think I was like 13, 14 years old. Hell yeah. Uh, that's that's the a- most OC shit you could be doing. I went to warp <laughs> tour and saw the circus freaks. I went to warp tour and I saw a guy <laughs> stick a needle in one side of his face and bring it on the other. Because what happened was we had a flash thunderstorm happen out of nowhere mm. and everybody ran into tents and I just ran into the near thing and it was a freak show and thankfully the rain had started right as the person who was like ho- hanging onto a tesla coil mm-hmm. had just gotten off stage yeah um and they had like different contortions and shit like that but for the last act it was a guy who and i've seen this act somehow like eight times in my life i don't know why everybody's shtick is stapling shit to themselves <laughs> i've seen that so many times it's old now yeah i've seen it on a lot of florida porches stapling <laughs> <laughs> just everybody getting housed and just, uh, yeah. I don't feel pain. Yeah. Stap- I don't know why. I'm like bored of people. St- That's the worst thing to be da- jaded about, but I'm bored of people stapling shit to themselves. I mean, I get it. I it's, get it. It's the easiest uh, it's so stupid dumb. human trick. Yeah. But his last trick was he took a very long needle and stuck it in one side of his cheek through the other side and right. opened his mouth so you can see it. But the nightmare for me and the one that like made me kind of weak at the knees to where a guy behind me had to be like, yo, you good kid? Was when he pulled it out he got significant more bleeding than I think even he was used to. Right. Because he looked at the needle and made like noise and then just kind of saw the, oh, the drippage that was coming out of his oh, cheek. Oh, God. And he like took a bow, but it's just, he's just caked in blood at this point. <laughs> and like trying to clearly get off stage so he can go <laughs> handle this. But I'm just like woozy and thinking to myself like how... How are you not prepared for how long have you been doing this? <laughs> yeah. And you weren't ready for a bleed out. Dude, can I tell you like a terrible story that I heard this week? I always want to hear a terrible story. This is from my friend Dodger. You're familiar with Dodger? I love Dodger. Okay, Dodger's the best, dude. <laughs> 
So Dodger, uh, Dodger calls me up and he's like, "Oh, did I tell you about the guy from prison that that uh, that cut his own dick off?" And I'm like, "No." My friend Dodger is a surgical tech, and he works in a hospital in Fort Myers, Florida. So they had this guy who obviously is, I mean, in a lot of pain mentally, and they put him in fucking solitary confinement, which is just inhuman, cruel. Yeah. And they take your clothes away from you. So, you know, you can't hang yourself or whatever. That doesn't stop this guy from fucking himself up. So he rips his dick off, right? And he, there's blood all over his face. And his balls are just out. Like, he ripped open his scrotum, but his balls are just out, like, willy-nilly. Okay? But they come they come to find out that he chewed up his dick and ate it. Because the dick is nowhere to be found. And it's a, you know, it's a solitary confinement cell. Like, you're going to find a dick. If there's, uh-huh. if there's one to be found, you're going to find... Uh-huh. You're going to find a fucking dick. <laughs> so they take this guy to the hospital, this poor bastard, and um, I don't know what they do with his balls, but <laughs> basically, like, they're like, oh, man, this guy chewed up his dick and ate it, and it's, <laughs> so they got him, they're all, like, everybody in the, like, they get pretty, they get pretty grim senses of humor, because, like, I mean, like, you're seeing kids die and all kinds of stuff, so there's, or like, a kind of dark, yeah, it is, it's mental survival, so you, you take on this very cynical sense of humor, but you see some shit and you're just like, oh my God, man. Like, so they're all doing this and, and they're, 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 this guy's chewed up his dick and swallowed it. They're pumping his stomach for the, for the bits of dick. I don't know why. I mean, at that point, let it go, you know? Yeah, just. I mean, just what are you going to do with that? It's salvage the, what's there. Yeah, and they're like, it looks like chewed up burger. You know what I mean? So the, you don't need it and it's not going to harm him in any way. If anything, it's protein. So whoever, whatever, whatever doctor is pumping his stomach of this man's own penis like the most serious surgeon in the <laughs> the, mo- the most serious surgeon in the room comes up behind the guy and goes hey when did you get so good at sucking dick <laughs> i mean to be fair i mean are you going to are you going to waste that opportunity to have that joke it's right there. It's right there, dude. Come on. How do you not jump on that? Uh, as we were, as you were sitting, as you were telling me this, this tale, <laughs> this tale of chewed up wang. God. I was trying to think of other monuments built on eccentricities and yeah. and and strong personalities or superstitions or whatever it may be. And I can't believe we haven't actually talked about this on the show, but you've been there. And I was so mad you went because I've always wanted to go with you specifically. To where? The Winchester Mystery House. I did not go. I thought you were going to go. I was going to go. I did not go. I... Okay, we still have to. Yeah, I would uh, love to go. That would be one of my favorite things in the world. I've never wanted to go somewhere more than the Winchester Mystery House because it's one of the biggest testaments of just well, it's ar- someone with too much time yeah, and money. Architectural and- psychosis. Uh, holy shit. <laughs> like, somebody's, somebody's, somebody's insanity has, like, door frames and windows. Somebody's insanity <laughs> yeah. had a budget. Yeah. Like, for those who are listening that don't know, explain the Winchester Mystery House. So uh, the inheritor to the Winchester rifle fortune was uh, the widow of the creator of the rifle, and she felt that the ghosts of everybody, uh, all the lives you know, that lost by the, by these uh, weapons, mm-hmm. were haunting her. And she built a mansion and kept adding mm-hmm. extensions to it to uh, deter, uh, you know, and and confuse the ghosts that would obviously be haunting her because she completely deserves it. Yeah, having all this money. So then she's spending money. On, I mean, stairways that go nowhere, um, blind hallways, mm-hmm. you know, all the, all the, all this fucking shit, um, like just, 
just all kinds. Of, and uh, uh, Greg Gonzalez was the one that posted the article that said they just recently found like another another secret little attic thing like because this thing goes on and on and on yeah and every day she would give the contractors brand new blueprints and a contractor actually died working on it where he fell he fell out of one of the doors to nowhere well i mean yeah she was trying to keep the whole thing a secret so that nobody would Mm -hmm. know but her what everything is and like even in a way she doesn't want to know what it is because if anybody knows then they can find her you know so it's like this whole this whole house built on it, it Beyond insane paranoia. Yeah. Like, um, so I would like to say that, but Greg Gonzalez posted the article saying they just found another mini attic. <laughs> and then he, he commented in response to somebody that commented, I'm all about mysterious expansions, bro. And that was like one of my favorite things last year. I'm all about mysterious expansions. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, I would die to go there. I, I would just love that. Well, I that. mean, it has that haunting aspect, which I'm already very into. And yeah, I mean, I just love that you can walk through a person's delirium. Yeah, that's that's the part that I'm the most into. That I can take a physical, tangible view into the mind of someone with such a marred past and not okay state of mind. Yeah, and I want to get to like, you know, like this sweet, chewy you know warm center where it's like what was the part of the house where she felt okay did she ever yeah like it was there a safe space in the house like was there like a place where she's like all right i'm gonna stick around here you know let them get lost on all that other shit you know but i I mean i think just the idea that every day she came up with something new you know uh at like uh, that is just baffling to me i i know my Father had a fascination with the Winchester Mystery House when I was growing up because he lived in the Bay Area and the Hearst Castle. Yeah. Uh, He's always had a kind of romance with that entire story Mm -hmm. um, with both just the mysteriousness of the family as well as the fact that he was delighted that I was born on Patty Hearst's birthday where he was like, it's a sign. Right, Uh, right. (laughs) But I think his fascination with the Hearst Castle specifically is... He had a fascination with anybody that had an excess amount of opulence where the bigger the house was, the more empty he could see that they were inside. Right. Uh, and my favorite modern example of that is, did you ever read the um, Queen of Versailles? No, the documentary Queen of Versailles. No. So it was this, it's this documentary that started out about this like Trump level rich family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a bunch of... Um, God, what's it called when you sit through a three-hour lecture about renting a vacation area and then you don't buy it, but you get free tickets or something? Mm-hmm. Timeshare. Right. Uh, they had a lot of timeshares in Vegas, and they were this was like in the height of real estate, so they're making money. Yeah. And uh, he was on like his second or third wife, I think, and they were building the most expensive house in the United States to date. Hmm. And this is a documentary about that. But in the middle of the documentary, as they're filming this, the financial crisis happens. Oh, God. Uh so you go from watching this like opulent guy talking about how successful he is to watching how truly deeply hollow this family is. Yeah. Because they also can no longer furnish or even do anything with the house. So it's just and they they aren't in it anymore. So it's just this empty testament to like nothing was ever enough mm-hmm. where there's bowling alleys and ballrooms and movie theaters, several of them and gyms and swimming pools. And several libraries and like countless ballrooms. I, I it's still I think the most expensive house to date. And 
it's one of the most shiny examples of these big opulent castles these guys built and trapped themselves inside mm -hmm. of and I, I i i've been fascinated with that yeah like uh what's the richest eccentric weirdo you can think of where their house is just kind of like you're not okay um i mean i think i think the hearst one is super interesting because like at that point that was like kind of like i think that was like maybe the like the zenith of the era of if you discover it and conquer it and can buy it you can have the world yeah i mean have, had, ha like an Alexander having the, the fucking mentality. yeah having the animals uh you yeah. know the, the whole zoo thing uh the art um the crates never unpacked the things you bought that you didn't even look at look ever. at you just wanted to know that you can have it right and we're talking about containers and containers and containers and containers Priceless of shit. artifacts yeah and i think i think maybe then like the next generation was kind of like okay now we need to make this a museum we need to like start spreading this we around need to do something with this, this land needs to be public like we got a little carried away here mm. um and i think the interesting thing about hearst too is that like you know they were like as for as much as as they owned that entire thing and had this insane palace there there was a time where they had to flee during the second world war because yeah. they were right on the fucking pacific ocean and it was like fuck this isn't going to work we got to get out of here or you know you had u-boats shooting down fucking or you know sinking ships and stuff yeah you know and like the local fishermen would have to come out and save them you know just like dunkirk level shit you know like the same exact thing was happening over here right outside her house mm -hmm. like he could see that's fucking crazy so it's like in a way, like no matter how big a monument you built, like you can see fucking flames. You're you never get, that safe. Yeah, you better get the fuck out of there. Well, <laughs> even now with the fires that we had in Burbank, the one that got damaged was the most expensive one on the high, high like yeah. highest point on the hill. Yeah. And me with my shitty five hundred dollar a month apartment where I see a roach every four minutes in it, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> safe. I know, I know, it's crazy. It's the richest houses are always the ones that are the first ones to go down in the rock slides. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's so, that's the funniest thing I it's think like about the, living in Los Angeles is like the priziest homes are the ones in the it, line of fire for, uh, for, especially for an earthquake happy place. Like, do you really need to yeah. be jutting out of a fucking cliff? Like, what are you doing? Do you need to be dangling on all of this soft <laughs> yeah. earth? Like, it, 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 no. Yeah. I don't know what it is with expensive houses courting such dangerous areas. Uh, yeah. And it's like burning yourself with a cigarette to feel alive, but like $3 million worth. Right, yeah, and I mean, like, especially for an earthquake, like those cliffside homes. I'm like, guys, what are you doing? Do you feel like there's a certain emptiness that comes with being a millionaire, billionaire, and at, with having a certain amount of money or having gained a certain amount of notoriety? Um, I feel like <laughs> anybody like would be taken um a lot of bandwidth up. Mm. Like, as far as your daily thoughts. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there is that thing of, like, when you're poor, think about how much you have to worry about. <laughs> and it's like, well, I got to pay rent <clears throat> and I got to get food. And then when you're and a millionaire, you're like, her. is this guy fucking me? And was that too much? And, like, you know what I mean? Like, all that yeah. shit. So, like, I mean, and then the, the more money you have, like, multiply that, multiply that, multiply that. And, uh, yeah. And then also, you know, try to be a whole and sane and contented person. <laughs> You know what I mean? I think that's why people are almost more touched when a monument is devoted to like God or love or family or something like that. Oh, yeah. It's like your eccentricity didn't come from a place of like, they're going to take everything that I have, but it's this is all I have. Mm -hmm. Look at it. 
Yes. And I mean, yeah, the things, I mean, I think like the most beautiful monuments like are, are the ones that are about, you know, like when you just see like, you know, like the kind of like the far- fertility statues that are mm-hmm. like all over the world in different ways, you know, with a human like holding their stomach or something like that. Like those are the things that are really like, you know, like, oh, th- you know, there's something bigger than me. Yeah. It's not really about me, you know. Uh, I got to see a lot of the fertility statues at the pyramids in Honduras, which is one of the coolest shit that I've ever seen. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, but what topped that was the rooms where the uh, sacrifices right. happened. Right, of course. Uh, because there were these big stone tables where they would essentially have a game where the winners were sacrificed to a jaguar. Right, which was uh, uh um was that the one that was like basketball? Uh kind of. It was like basketball. Or that's more Mayan, am I thinking of that's, like it's mine. Yeah, these are Mayan ruins that I yeah. went to. Where it was a very heavy leather ball. Um I actually did a report about this when I was in high school. Uh it's a very heavy leather ball that they would have to hit with their hips into a hoop like Right. Stupid high up. Yes, 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 yes. Stupid high up. And then the winners were sacrificed. And what I did for my report was I actually got a medicine ball. Uh, to like give people an example of it, but then I got like a regular ball, and I made my classmates and teachers play against each other. Yeah. Uh, and then my uh, PE teacher broke his nose. Wow, was a medicine ball? Uh, no, a kid hip checked him. <laughs> it was the most satisfying shit that ever happened to anyone because it was my game and one of my classmates where it was like, and he was like the worst teacher and just gushing blood. It was. Oh my god. Deeply emotionally satisfying. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, that shit. I mean, that shit is fascinating because that stuff is like like a whole. Like a whole culture just believing in something bigger than them. Yeah, and something yeah. very culty. Like if it was yeah. on a miniature level, you'd be like, "This is so fucked up." But since everybody was doing it, you're like, "Yeah." But there, I mean, like, Chill, what's, what's crazy about that is just like this. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not a fearlessness. It's like mm. a complete welcome of death. Yeah, you know, where it's almost like it's it, it's an honor. Oh to pass yeah, over. I got. I hope we win so we can die. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I hope the jaguar appreciates my suffering. Yeah. Uh, it. I swear people almost made up in their heads that they could smell iron from years of blood, where it was just kind of like that collective, oh, we all smell it. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. Well, a lot of people think the black marks on the, you know, from where the heads would get chopped and rolled down the steps, that those are still there. And I'm like, there's no way those are still no, there. No, that's gum. right they for sure wouldn't still be there yeah that's like cheetos and shit i'm trying to think other than the coral castle uh monuments of like jilted love or a testament to love yeah i mean the thing the thing too about this guy is that what if word did get back to her like it it is such a remarkable creation that it's not beyond the realm of possibility in that time that we're going to be like, this guy fucking is doing something nuts, and I guess it's about you. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I know you married a nice insurance salesman, but this, this this dude just built your kids a castle with a punishment chamber in it. Right, yeah, yeah. If you want to have kids, there's a little room where they can be in trouble. What <laughs> a lunatic. sleep on a plank together. Yeah. There's a guy out, that, out there now, uh, I just read an article about this massive loser. Uh, he's... <laughs> That's the only way you can describe this. Uh, I'm not sure if you've read it. Uh, he's been playing the piano every day outside of his ex's apartment, like a full piano. Oh, God. For four months. Okay. For four months, every day. It's not like a little keyboard. It's a piano piano that he set up in a park. Big ass piano. Four months, every day. Mm. That's not That's not in any way, shape, no. or form. No, no, it's bad. You're a talented asshole that won't go away. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, gestures are nice, but, yeah, but it's like, like three days of the boombox. Sure. Before you're, you're like, all right. Before you're risen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. John Cusack held the boombox to the grave for three days and then Christ had risen. Right. Because Christ doesn't like Peter Gabriel and he wanted him to yeah. turn it off. Right. Yeah. He was like, this is awkward. <laughs> this is awkward. I prefer shock the monkey. <laughs> yeah. No, that's creepy. Uh, nobody needs that. Um, I mean, she would have come out day two. Probably. I mean, it's, I don't know. I'm trying to think in my head why I'm more willing to call piano guy a loser when castle is so much more effort. And I think it's because the sheer amount of thought that had to go into the castle. Where I'm like, when did it stop right. being about her? And it started just being about building this. Yeah, well, that's the or thing, too, is that part of it is that it's just for him. It's not all about her, mm-hmm. uh, but that's part of it. So that's, like, you know, sweet. But this is also a guy who had, like, very, um, you know, for the, you know, I guess typical for the time, but very backward opinions about, like, the role of women in society. Yeah. You know, um, like, he wasn't, he wasn't, like, at the forefront of thought as far as, like, how that shit goes. <laughs> um but yeah, the other stuff is is um it's it's so fascinating to me. I mean, um like just that thing of of uh, of of the you know, the pyramids like what the f- how like you know, like like they say like you can't fit a razor blade between the stones and all yep. that kind of stuff, you know, like how is he doing this? I how he got this coral, porous coral to balance so perfectly on an axis uh is completely unexplainable to me and so fascinating. Uh I've had the same fascination with Stonehenge just because I never really understood why it was fascinating until I was older. Because when I was a kid, I was just like, eh, it's a bunch of rocks. It looks stupid. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was older that I was like, oh, the sheer logistics of even getting them there and that sure. and the amount of thought that went into it yeah. is fascinating mm-hmm. to me. And the closest thing that I have to that now in a modern day terms uh, is the target husk. The target husk? Uh... Over by, uh, do you know where, nobody knows who the fuck I'm going to talk about, but this is just giving you an idea of where it is. Do you know by where Matt Brousseau used to live? Yeah. Okay. So over by there, there's a giant, giant building. It's still in its bare bones that people cannot really figure out what it is. And what happened was it was, they were going to build a target, but this is going to be like the target, like the Mall of America target, yeah. like the biggest one that they've had to date. Mm-hmm. And they were putting all of these crazy building designs into it and all of these extra aspects. And it was like, just, it was massive. And it was right on that corner. And the city of Los Angeles kept telling them, like, hey, you know, there's like a whole bunch of uh, building violations we should right. probably talk about. And they're like, yeah. they're addressed. It's fine. It's all good. Finally, the city of Los Angeles comes to expect, inspect and they're just like, none of this could be here. Yeah. You weren't zoned for something of this size. I love that. And. <laughs> <laughs> just a guy who was just like, we could get away with it if we just build long enough and then open the target. So the city of Los Angeles sh- shuts down construction. But the thing is, it's so big, they can't sell it off. Right. But they can't continue. So it's just a husk. It's oh just there. God. It's just there. And they can't do anything with it, but they have to pay for security there around the clock. Right. So it's just this massive, empty bones of a giant target. Right. It's fascinating to me. I've always wanted to lurk in there. There also was in Miami um, this, this um, have you ever been to a loving hut? What's a loving hut? A loving hut is a chain of vegan restaurants. Oh my god, that wasn't even close to what I thought it was. Uh, focusing on the, um, I would say, Vietnamese kind of centric uh, like type of cuisine, but mm. 
it's started by this cult um, that are all about a part of it is being vegan, um, but it's very culty. And it's, you yeah. know, it's uh, there's this woman, the Supreme Master. And um, if you go into any loving hut across the world, you'll be watching Supreme Master TV subtitled in like 13 different languages. Okay, because that's how Shit. big this cult is. <laughs> Massive. And, you know, it's cool. Like the food's yeah. good, whatever. People they don't really try to get you in it or anything. Mm-hmm. But they have a lot of fucking money and th- it's all going to her. And she out of nowhere up and builds some vast complex in Miami, like in 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 like you know the Everglades, like yeah. a huge boardwalk and stuff. It's totally illegal. <laughs> like there's not a single permit. <laughs> and they come down and they're just like, "What the fuck? What are you doing?" And she's like, ah, "Back to Thailand <laughs> or whatever. Like back to Vietnam. See ya. Just bailed." Like I think that's so funny when people just up and do shit and act like it's normal. Because for the most part, people just go, "Okay." <laughs> like you, if you're doing it, you must be allowed. You you surely have a permit for, example, the Watts Towers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, this, I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead. This the, real quick. I'm just gonna tell you this one thing. I went to this Love and Hut one time, right? And it's like, so so it's like you'll see the Supreme Master like crocheting on TV, and then it'll go to some like kind of like vegan propaganda. And one of them, one of the things again, subtitled like 13 different languages at the bottom. It's a slow motion close up, zooming in slowly on a rabbit. Like a bunny in a meadow. And you just see, like, this rabbit's dumb eye or whatever. And, like, there's a narration coming as if it's from the rabbit going, Don't eat me. I love you. (laughs) 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 This fucking rabbit does not give a flying fuck about any of you, dude. No rabbit loves me. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) don't eat me. I've never been loved by a rodent. But that was the kind of shit, uh, yeah, they were about. So that was, I mean, yeah, keep an eye out for Love and Hunt. If there's one near you, go check it out. You can watch Supreme Master TV. I mean, you get to watch a Colts TV fucking channel while you're eating fucking really good vegan food. Uh, speaking of monuments and giant gestures, and because I love to ask this question of anyone, uh, in your younger, more dumber, whimsical, romantic days, what's the biggest, grandest gesture that kind of makes you cringe now when you think that you might have ever done for someone? Whether it be romantic or as an apology or just the 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 grandest thing where you're just kind of like, that was a lot. That was a lot, and I can recognize that that was a lot. Huh, that it was a lot. Um, <laughs> um I think I made the mistake. I tell you about the mistake of when I tried to have a moment with my grandfather before he died. No. Oh, man. <laughs> So my grandfather is dying of cancer and like he was never like a very uh, like emotionally mm. uh, like, you know, um, you know, there wasn't a lot like he wasn't a huggy guy, you know, um, but he kept the family really tight together and we had great times together and he loved the shit out of us. But he wasn't like an outpouring of emotion and he was always pretty depressed, you know, <laughs> and then when he got cancer, he was like way more depressed because now he's got cancer, you know what I mean, which is totally legit. And uh, he's sick, but he's like pretty with it. But it's like very much at the end, like hospice is there and stuff like that. And I was like. You know, I never got to say anything when my mother died, and I never got to say anything when my father died, and I'm going to go say something to Pat, right? I'm going to say something to my grandfather. And so I go into the room, and um, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I just like grab his hand, and I go, Pat, you know, we've had a lot of good times together. And he goes, yep, now it's all coming to an end. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it real, Pat. He just kept it so real, but I was like, fuck, dude. <laughs> Oh my god! 
So that wasn't like a huge outpouring on my, but it was definitely one where I felt I felt embarrassed that I made a gesture. You know? I'm sorry I said I was going to miss you. <laughs> I think not so much. Em- I wasn't embarrassed. I, I would have loved to have taken it back, but I, was, I wasn't embarrassed, but I recognized that it escalated. Uh, I did something shitty to a friend and uh, what I thought would be very funny is because she wasn't answering my calls. If I tweeted out like a fake silly message that she knows is fake where I was just like, oh, it's her birthday and people forgot. Yeah. Uh, The only thing is I've got like a pretty big follower count. So when I was like, oh, it's my friend's birthday and people forgot. Let's wish her a happy birthday. It started gaining like serious retweets. By the time I looked at my phone, I had like 120 (laughs) something. And then like some bigger accounts with like 20K followers started tweeting it. And then I guess she was listening to the radio. Oh my God. And it was like in Orange County and like daytime radio. And this guy was like, yo, I just want to wish a happy birthday to this girl on Twitter at Mariah C. Oh shit, I just gave it away. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, Mariah. Uh, It's her birthday and her friends forgot. So everybody just blow her shit up and wish her a happy birthday. So she's just getting fucking notification after notification on not her birthday that it's her birthday (laughs) and i just get a text from her i'm like i forgive you can you fucking stop and (laughs) and i was like i i recognize that this became too much i thought it would be a silly but i think i've always been too much with her like (laughs) in high school i used to break into her house at midnight and give her flowers on her birthday and like we fully recognize it this friendship works for us but it's like a one-sided intensity yeah 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 that's great. I think I've always been like the very intense one in any relationship. Yeah, I don't know if I've I don't know if I've done anything. <clears throat> I definitely haven't done anything on that level for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think I'm. I always get too embarrassed to to do a huge gesture. I think. Do you feel like there's more in words or actions or actions or words? I don't know. I mean, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm I you know I I'm a I'm a fan of words. I like words a lot. You uh, like the talking. I do, but obviously actions are better than words. But I do, I do. I'm a big fan of of words. Um, I told my friend that I took to the Coral Castle mm-hmm. today. Um, she was like, "Oh, you know, my friend doesn't talk to me like in a couple of a mutual friend of ours." And I was like, "Maybe you're being drastically hysterical." <laughs> I just this, drastically hysterical is such a funny thing to accuse somebody of being. <laughs> And she was like, no, I'm really not. I was like, I don't fucking think you're being drastically hysterical. (laughs) Everybody's so afraid of being called out for being intense. And I think that's why I like these people that build monuments because they were unabashedly intense. Oh, yeah. And I don't think, I feel like as a society, we poo-poo intensity or we poo-poo like aggressive or deep emotion to where we all kind of want to, Yeah. we see them as weirdos when it's like maybe we can use some of that intensity in our day to day or that openness or that vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause this guy was willing to say my fucking heart was ripped out. Look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, I was listening my friend was playing some Terrence McKenna shit last mm-hmm. night and he was just like, you know, like there's this thing of like, you know, there's this, there's this thing in society where it's like, look at famous people, look at celebrities, do mm-hmm. all this stuff because you and your friends are peripheral. You don't matter. Yeah. You know, it's like kind of like it's not really about who it's about as far as famous people. It's about it's really about telling you that you don't matter and what you have to say doesn't matter and your people you love you're don't matter. smaller, their voices aren't. Right. So any anytime somebody is like, No, this means everything to me, I think that's great. I I've always respected 
deeply intense or deeply emotional people. Like I've, I mean, not to the level of it's just kind of like I'm gonna kidnap you and tell you how much I love you. <laughs> right. But the people that were always willing to just kind of put their shit out there and they didn't really care what anybody thought of that. Yeah. Because those are the people in the day to day where we kind of make fun of where it's like, oh, you were quick to say I love you, or you were, oh, you were sappy with your friends. Sure. And I'm. I've always been trying to find out the root of why vulnerability quickly or vulnerability aggressively equals bad. Um, yeah, there's um, there's really no explanation for it because mm. when anybody does that, the average person in the street always respects it, I think. You think so? I do. I think everybody's afraid to do it for themselves, but when they mm. see somebody else do it, they're like, oh, right on. Like that person in the crowd where it like yells out the opposition thing or, and I feel like those people, the ones that you remember through history is like, they yell the thing when nobody else would yell the thing or they. Absolutely. Yeah. They were the weirdos in their day to day where it's like, you're like, oh, that person's like a fucking hero. Did you listen to the newest episode? Which one? The Doc Dart one? No, not yet. So that's a very big part of it is this Mm -hmm. guy is, I mean, espousing uh, very much about American imperialism mm-hmm. immediately after September 11th. Yeah. And he's completely standing alone. And I try to think where it's just kind of like, from like the very base level of like, this guy did an insane fucking flash dance in the middle of a mall, or it's just yeah. like, this hilarious guy did this thing in public. And it's like, we get one tiny glimpse of it and we share the fuck out of it and we love it, but it's just kind of like, but can you commit to that person's level Sure, all the time? Yeah, I think it's taken me a long time to um, admit I'm like a mushier person that, you know, doesn't care about really what people think. Like, I mean, like the older you get, you realize you're like, man, I really actually don't give a shit what people oh, think. Oh, yeah. I fully thought like after my divorce that I'd be a more closed off and less emotional and less vulnerable person. Yeah. And it's actually the complete opposite. Yeah. Like after being put through the ringer, you're almost just like, wow, uh, every everything's short and meaningless, and I want everybody to know how I feel about them now. Right. I thought it would be uh, it'd be harder to to tell people how I felt th- about them, and then the older I get, and after like dumb heartbreaks like that, it's like, no, I want to tell you sooner so I can get to whatever this end game is sooner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, well, there's this whole thing about like, what are people gonna think? But the mm. whole thing is, is like, fucking, those people don't have to live your life, dude. No. They don't have to deal with your what ifs. And I feel like the people, some of the people that might have built these giant monuments, I don't think they have a ton of what ifs. They did the thing. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't think Ed is certainly thinking about what the guy at the hardware store thinks. (laughs) You know what I mean? He didn't give a shit about how his neighbors feel. Yeah. As long as he doesn't kill him. I think like he was just like, fuck you, dude. You know, I'm going to make my little punishment room for my fake kids. That's probably (laughs) why we love Danzig's brick pile. It's like, he doesn't give a shit. He's just making a pile of bricks. Yeah. Doesn't care doesn't care i mean that's the yeah the thing too anybody that's just willing to do anything artistically where you're like oh this is so fucked up that it's good and i wouldn't have tried this because it would be too risky like piss christ right or like i mean like fucking being tom waits or something yeah you know like something where you're like oh this is a really bad idea on paper but for some reason it works because you're going for it (laughs) right yeah did you see the jim carrey interview yes Woo man yeah yeah uh that's a shiny suit. Yeah, I mean, like, that's one of those things, too, where you're like, God, man, I'm fucking kind of worried about him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Isn't that weird yeah. when you have that with a famous person? Like, oh, man, I hope they're okay. I know. I, every time I've ever had an I hope they're okay, I'm like, and they're dead. Uh, 
Literally uh, every it happened with Amy, Amy Winehouse. Winehouse. Uh, where <laughs> yep. I knew it was going to be Amy how Winehouse. Do, how do you not? We all said, "Oh man, I hope yeah. she's okay." Yeah. But there's another person who would, when she wanted her shitty ex-husband, she'd wail on stage. I love Blake, who's incarcerated, or and we fucking love that, mm. just because we weren't willing to say like, I love my shitty fucking boyfriend that keeps shorting out the power for his entire gaming system so he could play Minecraft. I still like that guy. Yeah. And it's I'm trying to find out where where that intensity beco- eats you alive, where it becomes self-destructive. When does it reach that point? Um, I just think when you're closed off from reality. When delusion sets in? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even have to be delusion, but just like if you're on such a narrow scope of mm. focus, um, you know, you kind of decorate it. Yeah. And you make it look better than it is. And it's like, you got to kind of get back in touch with reality and be like, is this really worth what I'm doing? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sometimes some things just smack you up and be like, oh, whoa, okay. What is going on? And whoa, fuck. Okay. Yeah. That was, I got, I got down like a wormhole that I created and made it weird. You know? Uh, If you can, if somebody wanted to go visit one of these monuments to eccentricity, whether it be Mm -hmm. the Winchester Castle or the Coral Castle or the Hearst Castle, uh, this is a question I ask everybody on every episode. Uh, what do you recommend so that they're mindful or that they actually get the most out of the experience as opposed to just straight up voyeurism and how do you recommend they go into it or approach it? Um, I think against, uh, just hold it all against possibility. Mm -hmm. If you hold it all against like, take into account like what it would take to make this happen. Especially if it was just like take into account what your capacity is to do this. Right. Yeah, I mean, like if you're just going to the Winchester place, just take into account like the mental exhaustion. Mm-hmm. You know, if um, if you're going to the Coral Castle, take into account the s- still unexplained uh, engineering skill. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. Like uh, uh, the the if you're going to Hearst Castle, it's like the the creation of of this empire. Yeah, and, and the ridiculousness, just the uh, sheer uh, amount of money and time. Yeah, and, and being able to gain these things and um. Just becoming, you know, such a closed off. And they all become closed off. Like, they all become isolated, you know? I mean, I guess maybe not the hearse, but even, yeah, in a way, kind of. I mean, in a way, they presented what they wanted to present just so people wouldn't inquire further. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I think it's both take a little bit of recognizing when that closed off self-eating Ouroboros of mania happened, Mm -hmm. but also take a little bit of that Take a little bit of that intensity and inject it into your own life. Because right. we can all use a healthy amount of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I was I was always getting stuff about, like, you know, uh, like, when I was a kid, I was always getting stuff about weirdos and, uh, you know, like, uh, radical people mm. politically and stuff like that. And, you know, one time my dad just kind of saw everything I was reading and he was just kind of like, well, you know, like, this isn't, like, what life is made of. Like, mm-hmm. life is made of a lot of, you know, very kind of, like, less extreme people. And I was just like, yeah, but <laughs> you can't, you, you can't tell me that this isn't interesting and there's nothing to learn here. Well, one you of know? our first manic-ass, goofy, late-night, like, conversations we've ever had was <laughs> famous last words of psychopaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cults. Yeah. And there's a reason those are the people you talk about. Right. Forever. 
Yeah, I mean, I, like especially like with cult people and stuff like that. There's something about somebody saying, "This is what I think the world should be like," and it's different. And a bunch of other people go, "Okay." <laughs> You know, like Do no matter you know? how no matter how whacked out it is, it's always fascinating. Yeah, and it is bold. You know, even if it sucks, it is like be like, what if what if we were all like this? You know. Yeah. It's 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 definitely interesting. Yeah, and we favor the bold stories. Yeah. I know the shit I was reading when I was growing up was about. Uh, I'm gonna actually lend this to you at some point. It's called Blood and Volts. Mm-hmm. It's the Tesla versus Westinghouse versus Edison thing and just like the body count that went into it. Sure. One of my favorite things in the universe. Yeah. Uh, Now, as we wrap this up, where can the people find you? Uh, I am John Fahey, you know, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Profiles and Eccentricity, uh, please listen to it on the Unpops Network. You can get it on iTunes, SoundCloud also. And on the Patreon. And the Patreon. Um, please subscribe to Unpops. What's it about? Uh, basically, we just talk about weirdos. We just uh, take a different one. I explain to my co-host Aaron Pita about uh, a various weirdo. I kind of give him the background, but I don't mm-hmm. tell him the specifics. And um, I tell him the whole story of this person's life and why I think like their story of weirdness is just kind of like beautiful or mm-hmm. amazing to me. And um, then we just kind of discuss it and um, compare it to, I don't know, say things from like, you know, the modern day or modern times or whatever. And um, Aaron is starting on his own. Uh, so I'm going to be in the dark on a couple of episodes mm-hmm. and he'll be giving me my bedtime stories. So I'm very, Yay. very excited about that. We have uh, a couple more recorded. Um, we'll be coming out um, biweekly for mm-hmm. the moment. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Dope. So listen to Profiles and Eccentricity. Uh, go go visit your local weirdo monument. Yes, absolutely. Your town for sure has one. If you don't know where it is, you're not looking hard enough for it's you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as always, take a walk and I love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>